Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon to you. Welcome once again to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. This is Joel JB Fury. Happy to have you with us once again for another week. And yeah, it's. Uh, I, I normally say it's a pretty big week in gaming, but uh, in all honesty, it's been a bit of a quiet week this week. So uh, you know, we're uh, uh, we're out there trolling the interwebs, trying to find uh, the 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 best and most interesting news to bring to you. We've got a few uh, games that we've started getting into that we're going to uh, give you all, all a quick rundown on, and uh, you know. Uh, yeah, give give you guys a bit of a first impression of uh, some of the offerings out there on the PlayStation Network in particular. Uh, but as always, I cannot do it alone. I have with me uh, the amazing, the versatile, the uh, highly flexible DG crew. <laughs> and in no particular order, I'd like to introduce the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage, it took nothing short of a Twilight Princess to reignite his passion for gaming. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Thank you so much, John. It's nothing short of a Twilight Princess for me to use my flexible skills as well. Um, <laughs> my my flex skills as a, as a part of the as a part of the DG crew because I'm, fle- <laughs> because I'm flexible and I'm and I'm versatile and I'm and leg and anyway. Um, Love it. Where, where were it. we? Where were we going with this, uh, Simo? Sure. Le- legs up, flexibility, big, crazy agile, uh, high moves, high <laughs> legs, arms out, legs, everything. You know it. Excellent. Well, you know, you know what if you're there. Also with us, we've got the Nintendo <laughs> Queen. Please don't send her any unsolicited dick pics, as she has now revealed the release date of God of War Ragnarok, 9th of November 2022. If anyone was wondering, it's Casey C Mac <laughs> McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C Mac. Thank you, Joel. I don't have a long-winded answer to that, but thank you. Yes, it's only <laughs> only solicited dick pics for for our C Mac. Uh, and finally, we've got uh, the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam. As a civil engineer these days, let's hope he doesn't unleash the one-eyed robot from SimCity 2000 on any of his current projects. It's <laughs> Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Very good, JB. Hello, how are you? Oh, fantastic. Doing, Doing well. well? Doing very well. Doing very well. Now, this, this week, uh, we all... Uh, we all decided to, to jump on the bandwagon and have a look at the new offering from Annapurna Interactive in the form of Stray, which was uh, released, I think, Friday, last Friday on uh, PlayStation, and I think it might have even gone to PC. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, the Sultan confirms it has gone to PC. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, first impressions. What uh, We'll start with, um, with Simon and Casey. What did you guys think of Stray? No spoilers, please, guys. 
Oh yeah, we, we, we finished it. So yeah. Yeah, we finished it. Um, look, how I, long did it take us? Probably about three days of playing during an hour nap. Yeah, so in total, Kids I reckon about six naps. or seven hours. <laughs> yeah, about yeah. I reckon just over seven hours it took us, and <sighs> pretty good. This is one of my, and I'm. This is a big call. One of my favorite gaming experiences this year, at least. <laughs> okay, but. Uh, yeah, that was sounded much more grand uh, than it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, I was going to say of all time, but that's much. No, it's a big call. Um, but this this game, um, it just delivers, right? Uh, especially um, after seeing you know, us talking about those trailers that came out a while back, and and how well it sets the scene for mystery. This game just um, delivers on that so well, but um, it also is really charming and, and um i think the the use of the robots in the game is is quite quite cool and also um you know the, the robot characters are are really funny as well um it just adds this kind of depth of comedy to it that's that's dry and but accessible and light but also the, the kind of the way that you're playing as this really clever little cat that figures out all these little things and and how all these robots grow to really love it um, is really and what I really I know, enjoyed it, what I enjoyed about it as well for what it lacks in sort of um, combat because it's not really not, no spoiler there it, he's a cat like it's not like it's <laughs> wielding guns it's, it's a real cat um, it, what it lacks in combat it's got a brilliant story and well, narrative to it yeah. and it's re- mystery that's what I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain for the word the mystery around the whole thing and what's actually happening in the game and how it unfolds in its really clever way it's not it's not like overly com- complicated there are not thousand different characters it's very clever and it's very fun and it, and it works and i really enjoyed it and mm-hmm. I was sad when we finished it. <laughs> I think mm. it did a really good job as well at creating um, this idea of where you were. It, it, at, at the start of the game, you feel like everything's really enclosed. And then as you progress through the game, you realise it's so much more vast and you see different parts of it. And no spoilers here, Ferg, but, you know, you, you see different parts of the, the world that you're in. And as, an, as the mystery it, sort of it unfolds. De- yeah, it develops yeah. this great sense of... Um, of you know, this this large area, even though you're only in small parts of it. And I think it does a really good job at making that containment feel natural. Well, and they get, obviously, still, it's a cat, so it uses yeah. lots of levels. So there's lots of, you know, you sort of ground level and then go into different people's apartments and then you go even higher and even higher and then mm. you can go through sewers. Like it's, yeah, it's um, and brilliant. Puzzles as well. I and love the music, the, the atmosphere, the music, like it's, yeah, there's it's, yeah, very calming game to play. There's not sort of a lot of high intensity, and it's really lovely to play. Mm. But that when there is bits of high intensity, that makes it very um. Those moments routine. count. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. You'll love it, Ferg. I think. Oh yeah. It's a, you're playing as a cat simulating. So yeah, simulating a cat. Cat, cat simulator. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> yeah. You can you can lick up water from water puddles. You can sleep. <laughs> As a cat, you can scratch <laughs> your claws. You can uh, scratch the couch. You, you can. It's anyway. You will love it. Too. Yeah. So I mean, I've I've just started playing. So I think I'm 
I'm two hours in, and yeah, my first impressions were, I agree 100%, just the intrigue and the mystery around the world. And, mm. you know, you start the game off, there's a bit of a tutorial type section where you're, you're with your little buddies and then you obviously get split from them and there's a bit of a sad scene. And at that point, I was already hooked. I was like, I'm going to move heaven and earth to get this little cat back to his friends. So <laughs> from that point of view, the story is really, really engaging. But the gameplay... I mean, the thing that stuck out to me, just some of the attention to detail is, is fantastic. Like, they're obviously the people that have put this game together are cat people. Um, no cats, how they behave, what they do, just how the cat, you know, moves around in the environment, how it lands, how it jumps down. All these things are just, like, exactly like a cat would be. Um, a few other things. As I remember I was just walking around and accidentally got a bag stuck in my head. And you become disorientated <laughs> and you can't really... The controls sort of stop working and you sort of bumble around like this cat. Just things like that are just like... If you know what... If you ever own cats, you can relate to a lot of this stuff so much. And one thing I was really interested to see how they're going to handle was just what they did with the, the camera angle. So, obviously, the cat... You know, cats aren't very tall. So, I was really interested to see how they were going to go with that aspect of the game. And I think that's one thing that they've really done really well. I think they've got a really good happy medium of a camera angle where you can look around in your environment. But at different points, you get a really good perspective from the cat. So I think it's I think it's the left bumper or something. You can stop and observe. And the camera really pans right up to like where the cat is. And so you see the world in the cat's perspective. And... Some other examples are when you're, you know, crawling through tight spaces, you get a feel of what the world actually would look like to be this cat, which I just thought was really cool. So, yeah, mm. overall, I'm, yeah, two hours in, I'm I'm really having a good time. So, yeah. What about yeah, you, JB? Well, you know, in, in preparation for, night, for tonight's uh, podcast, I, uh, I reached out to Annapurna Interactive to uh, uh, just find out, you know, from from the developers, you know, a bit bit of information about, you know, what what they sort of think about the cat, uh, you know, the the main uh, protagonist of the game, and um, uh, this this was their their comment. No dick, no balls, <laughs> probably no butthole since this guy feeds on radiation. <laughs> well, and uh, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> straight from the a, cat's mouth. Quite a quite a baffling uh, response, really, about. Uh, about the cat, um, but no. Nah, look, I, I um, I'm, I'm going to provide a little, a little bit of counterpoint to uh, to everyone's um, discussion because there, there are elements of the game that I think work really, really well, and you can see uh, how much, how much love and effort and everything that they've poured into it. Um, they've, they've certainly dialed up like the the cuteness factor to eleven. Like you know, you've got a, a button that you can press just to make the cat meow, and you know, like you said, there's there's little interact like you can lick water from a puddle and yeah, you know, do you know cute little cat things that that cat people will will appreciate and really go gaga over. But um, it's to me like the game is sort of like a mixture of a, a platformer and like a point and click adventure type type yeah. game um, where you know someone will say oh you know I, I, I need a new uh, screw for my glasses can you get that for me and in exchange I'll give you this watermelon you know and you mm -hmm. and you, you go off you know you find the part that they want bring it back to them and then they give you a bit and then that leads on to your next thing. I kind of found some of those fetch questy sort of bits a little bit generic. Mm. 
And yeah. I think what it, what it was missing that I think a lot of other adventure games have um, over it um, is is a lot more of the humour. Like like it's got a lot of the seriousness. Like the the story's quite interesting. The characters are interesting. There's a there's a depth and a seriousness to it that gives the game gravitas. But then on the other hand, there's all that there is to break that up is just the cuteness factor of the cat doing cat things. There's no jokes. There's no, like, I don't know. It just felt like like it needed something to sort of break it up a little bit, you know. Um, what, what bit are you up to, JB? What bit, are, like, I, uh, without kind of giving away too much, how far into it do you think you are at the moment? Well, I, I reckon I'm, I'm probably about 10 to 12 hours in. Um, so I've... I've Completed Jeez. quite a yeah. quite a bit of quite a bit of the game, um, but I sort of got got to the point where I'm at, and then I just sort of I felt like I'd seen enough of it to get a good impression of it. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. We, yeah, we, we pretty yeah, we, much we, completed we, we it. almost maxed out at, at seven hours. So I, I mean, I'd be bored of it too, by the <laughs> by twelve <laughs> hours. Mind you, but, I was I, I mean, was going through and trying to find a lot of the secrets and a lot mm. of the collectibles and, and, and memories and, and stuff yeah yeah trying to sort of mm. fill in a lot of the blanks rather than just just plow straight through the main story so yeah. um but yeah i mean i i think it's a good game but i don't think it's a great game like uh if i was oh it's, uh, it's yeah i wouldn't say it's oh wow that's the most incredible thing i've ever played i think it yeah. was just a it was a sort of it's one of those games with wow that was just really nice and atmospheric i think it was more the i don't know we're obsessed with the japan and it just looked like, in, mm-hmm. like a, <laughs> you're in japanese streets it looks so like I think japanese back streets we've got a lot of bias yeah. towards that as well we just because i hate cats with all my heart and all my being i think they're the worst <laughs> well <laughs> hang, hang on a second <laughs> Emotional damage. There goes all the cat lovers. I'm with my wife on that. Cats are probably my least favourite creature of the earth because they are full of their own shit. Um, and and the they, whole time when the cat was like doing just, that scratching yeah. thing and like rubbing its body up or against the robot's legs. knocking bottles off the top of the room. And, and yeah, and I, I was actually, yeah. when I was playing as the cat, anytime I had an opportunity to knock bottles off something, I did it and I just looked at something. Yeah, and the, said, yeah, the paint be right. cans be and right. that. Mm. Yeah, and there was yeah. That, there's this bit where they're playing chess or something. They play all mahjong and robots, and then, yeah. and then you can I think you can choose yeah to jump up and just ruin their game. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that'll be right. I'm gonna twice. do it because yeah. that's what a yeah. cat would do because they're assholes. Yeah, and then you <laughs> you get the robot equivalent of a of a response like like fucking, a you, are fucking, you fucking fucking you bloody you bloody you bastard bitch you bloody you fucking bloody fucking mother yeah, that's that's uh, kind of the response that you get from the uh, from the old robots when you smash up their mahjong game. But um, yeah, yeah, it's look, it's, a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? When when the main character doesn't speak yeah. to convey, you know, you're sort of relying on the other characters in the world. And I mean, you've got yeah, what is he? B twelve from the character. Is he the little fly <laughs> yeah. around that follows you to sort of break up? You know, there's a bit more conversation once he comes on board, but yeah, the little the little drone, yeah, following you around. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I, I like yeah, I like the game. I think it's a good game, but I yeah, you know, I to me it's like a like a seven out of ten. You know, like I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go gaga over it. Like mm. I I think oh yeah, I think that 
you know, something like like Horizon Forbidden West, for example, would be an eight or nine out of ten. There's just a lot more to the game. There's a lot more depth. There's yeah. a lot more ability to and I think, upgrade yeah, your character. I think it's, I mean, it's and, kind of hard to compare yeah. games yeah. like that because I, I think with this kind of experience, it's not like it's necessarily trying to be that kind of game either. It's really, it, it's kind of a, it's like a bite-sized atmospheric Well, like you said, it's more of like a, so, when you say a sort of a point and click, I'm pretty sure I said that to Simon. Yeah, I said, this would make did. a good point and click game because, yeah, unlike Horizon, which is just in, another level. Um, we do yeah, have this was to... sort of more a, just relaxing kind of just exploring kind of game. Yeah, we do have to remember think, that think... it is an indie title as well, so yeah. it's it's yes, it's probably not fair to compare it to a to a, <laughs> a AAA <laughs> title. Um, you know, from a from a big first party studio like Gorilla. But um, but yeah. Anyway, look, I think I'll, 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 oh, sorry. I think I'll it's a great. Go. I think it's a great game. I think they should be very proud of what they put out. Um, but you should definitely finish it. Yeah. Definitely finish it. Yeah, it's good, I'll, good I'll, ending, good story. I'll mm-hmm. go back and and finish it off. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just sort of got to a point, and I, I was sort of I was I was a bit overloaded with cat, and decided to to just <laughs> uh, hit the pause button for a bit, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll nice, will come nice back. Pun, to it. Nice pun, JB. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even fi- I didn't find it that challenging either, which was which I think people would find hard with the game i found not no challenge really mm. but it didn't really matter to me i just thought yeah the atmosphere sort of get, yeah. won it yeah. for me i think um yeah i think what the game does well and the reason why it's resonated so well with me is because i feel like it does a really good job at demonstrating why you don't always need combat in a game mm. um to make it interesting and i think that um it's like when people the- say the meal's not good if it doesn't have meat in it yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, <laughs> I, I think that um, that this game does a really good job at highlighting in, in that atmosphere why you don't need combat and why I think it would make it almost uh, a lesser experience because it would take away from the incredible amount of atmosphere and that music that is used throughout it as well. Like, anytime you get into a room where there's something you need to find, there's music. And I think that mm. that's really... Um, and then, when you, and then when you find it, the music stops. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It's, yeah. I think it's a really, really senses, interesting. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I can totally see what you're saying, JB, about it. But um, I, I just think that it stands apart from something like your big AAA titles with, with you know, lots and lots to do. I think it's... Lots of money. You know, um, I'd gladly not play a lot of the Horizon Forbidden West side quests just to play eight <laughs> hours of cat game for sure. Because yeah. uh, that some of those side quests would just like shoot me in the teeth already. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. hang on, Simon. They could get a, a cat actor that actually has more expressiveness than Aloy, so I was really happy about that as well. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think I think I'm yeah. with Simon on this one. I mean, I, like I said, I've only played a couple of hours, but I'm well and truly been drawn into this um this cat world and I'm really hanging out to get back and finish it. I think Bloody I think cats. seconding what you were saying, I I've actually really enjoyed the puzzles that I've come across so far. Um and I don't know. I, I actually like cats, so maybe there's something in that as well if you're if oh, you're sorry. if you're a cat person or if you hate cats, maybe that will change what kind of experience you have with well, the game. Look, but you got two cat haters here, and we liked it, <laughs> loved it. So you just got to, you know, this guy's like, got a good job. Maybe, so just maybe with dog, it'll be perfect. Maybe it's the the sadist in me, but I, yeah, I'd love to have seen a few puzzles where like 
one of the robots is like standing in the middle of a field of landmines or something and you're like you're like walking along a ledge and and you've got the option to like knock knock a bottle off the shelf and and you know hit the mine and blow him up or you know just like and it would do it too yeah it? Or, or you know like you knock knock the robot's shotgun off the shelf and then it blasts his head off or something yeah just like it just would have been, uh, I think, amusing to see. Moment, so, yeah. Maybe so, in uh, Stray 2. Yeah. Or we'll mate, just follow well, Casey's idea. We'll just arm the cat. He can go around with, you know, a rifle. Yeah, become give, a the, first give those, uh, those robot fuckwits <laughs> something to really be uh, afraid of when they see him walking around the corner. I did see. There's been some good mods. I don't know if you've seen them for already for Stray, but someone modded in Garfield yes. as the cat. So, maybe so if you can, played as Garfield yeah. as well, JB, that might have got, got it really... Closer to a ten, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just I'd I'd like to play as a as a, a cat or or you know something that could do a bit of damage. Maybe maybe a lion. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, anyway. That's, anyway. Uh, I mean, the good thing is we've all played it off of you know having PlayStation Deluxe, so we haven't forked out forty bucks. So that that takes if you don't enjoy the game, maybe some of the sting out of it for anyone who doesn't enjoy yeah. it but yeah well I, you know I, I reckon from from all of us here at the discerning game yeah, we're, we're going to give you give you two thumbs up um, stray well so done, well done uh, on a you know a, a pretty impressive pretty impressive game uh, all around um, now I, uh, I read a bit of information about a a, a new game from Ubisoft that's uh, that's meant to be uh, delayed, and apparently, uh, it's it's assassins. It's a new Assassin's Creed game called Rift. So, oh god! Oh, hang, <laughs> on. <laughs> hang on, <laughs> hang on, fucking hell, Simon! Let him talk. Let him talk. Get up that one JB that says, "Oh, this can only go fucking well." <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't. I, don't, I kind of <laughs> don't need that. to now because that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, oh, all, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll queue it up. I'll queue it up. Um, but um, yeah, it's a uh, it's Assassin's Creed Rift. Um, and um, here's, here's the uh, the 411. So uh, Ubisoft announced that it delayed a smaller unannounced premium game, uh, though the title of the game was unknown. Now a source has revealed that this game was Rift, the codename for an upcoming Assassin's Creed title. So according to a report by Bloomberg, Assassin's Creed Rift was delayed from February to May or June because development was running behind schedule. Rift was originally planned as an expansion for the 2020 title Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, though the project became a standalone game in late 2021 to add to the company's thin release schedule. While not much is known about the game, it's reportedly set in the Middle East and features a smaller scope with a focus on stealth gameplay. Mm. Unlike the other Assassin's Creed games? Uh, I think it's more getting back to the roots. I think, you know, you look at the last four releases, they're huge open worlds. I think this one is going back similar to what maybe Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 were like, where it was a bit more of a city-based compact. That's my understanding, but continue, JB. Yeah, okay. Well, um, as pointed out by Bloomberg, the delay of Rift leaves Ubisoft within a specially thin fiscal year. 
This isn't the only major change to Ubisoft's release schedule that occurred this week. Yesterday, the company revealed that it fully stopped development on four titles, including Ghost Recon Frontline. It also announced that it is delaying Avatar Frontiers of Pandora to at least 2023, adding yet another Ubisoft title to the massive list of games delayed this year, many of which have been delayed due to the pandemic and political conflicts. Do you buy that? Pandemic and political conflicts? I mean, I mean, two years later, I think we'll, I think most people have well and truly, businesses in, included, have transitioned to a, a world where they're working around the pandemic. Um, so I don't know if you can keep using that excuse two years yeah, on. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, oh, this can only go fucking well. Uh, <laughs> well a bit late on that one. Yeah, well, you know, uh, better, better late than never, Jeez. you know. Um, uh, I couldn't remember what the bloody sound effect was called. I had to dig through my bloody archive. But, uh, it's getting pretty uh, big now. But, you know, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I know the the pandemic is still still with us. We're still going through it all, but most places I would suggest are not dealing with lockdowns and and that sort of thing anymore. We we're, we're kind of through that part of the that phase of the pandemic if you like. Um so I I don't buy that. I think that that is just um that's just a, an excuse. And political conflicts were well, a Ubisoft developing Assassin's Creed Rift in Ukraine, are they? Or, you know, am, am I missing something here? Like, uh, your guess what, is as good as mine. What the fuck is that excuse? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a war going on. Maybe it's just politics within the company. Yeah, well, yeah, possibly. Half I don't the know. company knows they're making shit games, and the other half just think that they can still make good games. Well, if like, you want poor, to play, poor, let's oh, mate, play. <laughs> Or mate that's making Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope is the only good Ubisoft representative <laughs> left in the whole company because that's the only good Ubisoft game to come out in the last 10 years. Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle and Sparks of Hope that has yet to come out yet. Well, Absolute shitful. Well, Ubisoft. Stupid company. Who's pulling his up? All right. Forget, forget Ubisoft. Forget it. Nah, you forget them. Ubisoft, you be hard. Uh, right. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that I had a look at this this week um, over the weekend, um, and I actually forked out a little bit of money for this one. Um, I decided to dive into um, some more of the uh, the simulation genre, mm. and I bought myself uh, the the title Car Mechanic Simulator Twenty Twenty One. Uh, so, uh, you know, get your groans of, uh, you know, annoyance out of the way now. But uh, I I actually really rate this title. This this was a, a really cool game and had some pretty significant uh, improvements over the previous Car Mechanic Simulator 2018. Um, so, um, in particular, like, I'll, I'll just list a couple of things like that you may or may not think are cool, but I thought they were cool. Um, when you're disassembling like car parts and that, like mm. you hold down um, the one of the buttons and it undoes the bolts that hold the pieces together. And occasionally you'll come across a bolt that's all rusty and fucked 
and you got to push a button to spray a bit of WD forty on that <laughs> before it'll undo. And I thought, I thought, yeah, that, that's a cool little touch. It's like real life. Yeah, it gets a little bit a bit annoying later in the game when you. You know, if, when someone brings in this car and they're like, oh, can you fix my latest car? And, and you, you, they bring it in. It looks like they've literally pulled it off the bottom of the ocean. It's that rusted and, and fucked looking and every bolt's fucked on the thing. Um, but uh, that was cool. Like when you go through and do like a, a, a general service on the car, now they've added the ability to change all of the, the different fluids in the car. So yeah, your window washer, your power steering fluid, your coolant and the radiator, all of those things. So I, th- I think it it lends to a more authentic uh, experience, you know, working as a, a car mechanic. So mm. um, in 2018, you could only change the oil, which was, you know, just the, the standard sort of thing. Um, but they, they, they've made it. There's, there's quite a lot that you can sort of upgrade and unlock throughout the game. Um, there's new elements in your garage that you can sort of unlock so over time you can you can unlock like the dyno tuning machine or the mm. the car wash side of the the business or there's all these different things and and so it it really keeps you sort of interested because there's all these unlockables, unlockables and all these upgrades yeah. and things and then like there's also upgrades to your player so you can you know pick upgrades that allow you to undo bolts faster or like walk through the the uh, workshop faster there's upgrades which allow you to repair body parts and um you know things like that so um quite a lot in the in the game i i played it all weekend like i was are you a car guy jb are you well not did you because my question is obviously i love simulation games car simulator is one that i've never touched because I know nothing about cars, and my worry has always been if I, you know, buy a game and it kicks off, and I don't know the difference between a, a front brake and a back brake and a, a left windscreen wiper and a back indicator. <laughs> so, is if someone like me who knows nothing about cars, <laughs> is this going to be a a, a bad time or a, what's no, your look, experience with cars and? I'm, and the I'm game? not a real good car guy. Like, uh, like I like cars, but uh, I'm not uh, not very mechanically minded or anything mm. like that um so for me like just going through the experience of of pulling the the engines apart and stuff like that is is quite fun and like if you if you go to take one piece off but there's something else that you've got to take off first it will highlight that piece yeah. in red and say no you can't you can't take the head off until you've removed the spark plugs or whatever yeah, the yeah, case yeah. may be so it it sort of guides you along yeah. that path um, unless you opt to play the game in expert mode, in yeah. which case it doesn't highlight yeah, yeah. those parts, and you you just have to know which be a parts. mechanic essentially. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so cool game if you if you're into your simulation titles or you're someone who's into cars and upgrading cars and stuff like that. Um, it really reminds me of uh, an older game that that was out on the Commodore sixty four back in the day called Street Rod. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think it was Street Rod Two, where you could, you know, buy a car and then bolt like a supercharger on the engine and then go racing and stuff like that. So a lot of those elements in this game, um, you've got a lot of the upgradeability. Like it's, it's sort of like if if you took Gran Turismo and focused more on the the building and Under disassembling the of the car yeah. and and the upgrading of the car and not so much on the racing side, that's probably where where this game would sit. Yeah, nice. Um, but, uh, you know, Car Mechanic Simulator, this one's for you. Um, 
gets a clap. Yeah, might Great have to look job. into it. <laughs> Great job. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's me uh, for the for the news. So uh, Ferg, what's uh, what's been going on in your world this week? <sighs> what's been happening? Well, I got my PS Five, JB. So well, well oh, hang on, Ferg. Did you lick it before you? I did. I licked it and then I slipped you it. Licked it before you slipped it. Uh, I, I sure did. So did you say look. you licked it and then you sniffed it. <laughs> I slipped it. Lick it and sniff it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I, I think I mentioned last week that I had a pre-order down and I'll, I'm going to throw JB Games, EB, sorry, JB, two different businesses in one there. I'm going to throw <laughs> EB Games under the bus because I got a text message saying it was on its way and it had been shipped and after not hearing anything for a couple of weeks, I, I thought I'd ring them up and talked to a very nice girl on the phone and she told me that, oh yeah, no, it is here. We just didn't get around to... Uh, ringing in anyone up to let them know they were in here because we've we've ha- been having a sale on and i thought eb games uh, i think it was i picked it up today and i think it got there on friday and i rang yesterday oh, so, so you know not that you want to play on the weekend or anything yeah, no cool. but come on you eb games you can't you can't <laughs> eb games can't use we're having a sale as an excuse because they're having more sales than not but anyway <laughs> i picked the ps5 up eb and- games you just <laughs> But, I mean, some first impressions. I mean, I haven't... I don't think I've seen one of these in the flesh. I mean, I know a lot of my mates have got them, but I haven't been around to their places to have them. And I was—I could not believe how big the size of the console it's is. Huge. Oh, it's a beast. I've got it perched up next to my Switch, and it would be 10 times the size. Easily. Like, it's huge. It's all power, so, though. Yeah, that's it. It's all grunt. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all grunt. So yeah, and can I ask, have you uh, have you had a go at um, Astro's Playroom yet? Not yet. It's very addictive and really Is really. Is that a good VR way. thing? No, no, it's not. But it's it's yeah. it's like a tech demo that's designed to show off all the features of the DualSense controller. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's actually quite fun. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. almost like yeah. the whole game is a, an homage to PlayStation through the years, like. Um, you go through the game and you can collect like all these like PlayStation like old PlayStation consoles and accessories and all of that and then they mm. all sort of gather together in like this room where it all sort of collects and you can go and have a look at old, you know, memory cards and PlayStation Vitas and you yeah, name for sure. it. It's it's I'm have to, yeah, I'll it's have actually to check that very out for cool sure. little title. Yeah, so I mean, some other thoughts just, you know, piggybacking off that, like the controller as well is I don't think I've ever held one before. It's unbelievably comfortable mm. to hold right. and you know the haptic stuff you're talking about even just playing stray for a bit um you know you know you can do cat things like scratch up a, a couch or something it's just interesting like it's when you're yeah when you're scratching up against a wall you get more resistance because obviously the gravity and the cat's leaning against the wall whereas if you're scratching on the ground the resistance you got through your haptic controllers is quite less so just stuff like that is, is, is awesome that. yeah <laughs> Um, and the other thing I wanted to point out, kudos to Sony. I'm pretty sure 95% of everything that came in the box is recyclable. So there was no plastic. I think there was a little oh, bit wow. of sort of foam stuff that went around the controllers, but the actual, I don't know what you call it, the shell that sort of protects the um, console in the box was made out of this cardboard stuff. So, And, you know, even the cable ties were like some kind of biodegradable sort of zip tie thing. So, well, yeah. fuck me. 
Kudos, thanks, Sony. Thanks, Kudos to Sony for that. The but ball's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, got the PS5 today, set it up, and um, impressed. The other thing as well, which which I wanted to know, is the interface is such a step up from the PS4. Like I don't know what it is. It seems to be better organized and makes a bit more logical sense where different things are. So yeah, mm. yeah, some some first so impressions. As well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. Obviously, mm. compared to the PS4, everything's yep. a Gotta lot more. Uh... Lick it before you dick it, or whatever you, you say. So <laughs> <much>. <laughs> that too. I'm not that vulgar, Joel. I lick it before I slip it, or I stick it. I don't dick wow. it. Yeah, so that's that's the news <laughs> in right. my world, JB. You got a fancy new uh, shiny PS5, which I'm well, excited about. Well, congratulations, Ferg. I'm, Join I'm, the family. I'm very happy for you, mate. Couldn't be happier. Welcome actually. to the family, mate. Yeah. Welcome to our family. Welcome to the family. Um, Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, cannot wait to hear uh, all the, the PS5 fun you're going to have over the years. And uh, I'm I'm of the impression that you got the Horizon Forbidden West bundle, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this is true. So that was free with a console. I got a digital code for that one. So I picked up the original game, Zero Dawn, on yep. PC in the Steam sale about two weeks ago. And I played about five or six hours in there. So I need to get back onto the PC and finish that and then jump over to PS5. And It really is one of these games where you need to finish the story of the previous game to, yeah. to really yeah, get a, okay. a gauge on where you're at in the in the new yeah. one. So in my opinion, I would hold off on uh, starting Forbidden West until you've completed Zero Dawn because... No. Um, Definitely. Uh, well, otherwise, that shit will make no sense! <laughs> that's right. That's no right. To- all right. You'll be sitting there going, what? Well. <laughs> yeah. <time>. Rat. What? <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Who the hell is that? Are you trying well, to be the guy from Home Improvement? I don't know who I'm trying to be. <laughs> from Home Improvement? Be. The, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. We, we, we better pull back on that or we're going to get a copyright infringement uh, <laughs> notice. We're going to cease and desist. <laughs> From Tim, uh, from Tim Allen and uh, the the bloke with the beard. Yeah. You know, oh, I don't think so, Tim. Yeah. So <laughs> no, it's okay. His... I spoke to Tim Allen early in the oh, week, and Simon. he actually said to me that unless you um you you were to insert two different movie references of him, yeah, he doesn't mind. He's okay. <laughs> so, well, to infinity and beyond, I guess. Eh? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh fuck! Shit. I I heard that that his response to you was this. You've reached your limit on talking. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Uh, well, uh, the opposite, in fact, is true. We don't want you to shut the fuck up. We want you to uh, tell us about your experience yeah, say, with yeah. uh, the yeah. delicious last course. Uh, oh, tell have us. you seen this? Have you heard about this? Bloody Cuphead, the delicious last course was released last week. And like you just said then, and um, even though, you know, uh, you say it best when when you say nothing, Ron and Keating. Um, so anyway. This this DLC, what I'm, I'm going to just fly you through it from top to toe. This yeah. is just an amazing experience. Um, it's just priced at around twelve bucks. Pick us up and fly us right through bit. this this bad oh, I'm boy. I'm going to fly you right through. I'm going to fly you through <laughs> it like Flight Simulator 22. I'm just going to slip it. Well, um, I hope you lick it before yeah. you. 
do that. Always. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so priced at twelve bucks. This is this is amazing. This little piece of kit that comes uh, as an extra for this game. Um, for anyone that's not familiar with Cuphead, there there are two main level types usually in, in the original game. Um, there's run and gun levels, which is kind of your standard platforming style levels where you, you run through a level and you have to shoot and platform and blah, blah, blah. It's pretty simple. But then there's boss levels, which are really, I think, where Cuphead shines. It's probably the most exciting part of the game and it's the part that makes your rage quit the most um, because the, the boss is just so incredibly hard. Um where you know like you you can shoot your enemies and you can also parry their attacks to build up your special meter so this dlc kind of does things a, a little bit different and provides a, a host of new boss challenges but also these cool parry challenges you go up to this this ladder that goes up into the sky and the king's up there this this king up there and he he's got a whole bunch of challenges that you got to do where you can only parry you can't shoot and they are just so fun it's an awesome gap filler i think it actually works a little bit better than some of the run and gun levels um it would be nice to see if they did a, a cuphead 2 if they were to implement those challenge levels into the next game into a, a bit more fully fledged um sort of thing alongside the running gun stuff because it really adds a whole new dynamic to how you play and um i think because this game really demands that you be good at parrying as well it's just a good practice for you going through that dlc to to do the parries and um you know build up your, your special meter but um and this dlc as well when you boot it up as soon as you booted, booted up the game um, and downloaded the DLC, the theme tune is a song that sings like the delicious last course behind it. So it it's just a nice little touch because um, it's a whole new song for the game and it's really catchy. Everything's done in that full, you know, 1920s theme that, um, you know, uh, I forget the name of the studio now. What are they? Bloody, um, oh, bloody. Uh, Studio MDHR. They're just so good at uh, capturing this particular style and milking it for all it's worth. So I really love that about it. Um, sort of like know, that that steamboat willy type uh, aesthetic, isn't it? You know, like the yeah, yeah, old school Mickey and, Mouse sort of thing. You know, yeah, yeah. That's it, and that, and just the the authenticity of it. It almost feels like it was based off of a character from a TV show, like it almost has this almost Felix the Cat vibe about it as well, mm. like really old school Felix the Cat vibe. Um, but um, there's a new sort of story to this DLC obviously as well where it's about this um, this girl called Miss Chalice who's a ghost in the astral plane who is led to believe that if she bakes a special tart or pie or cake or whatever the fuck it is, I can't remember what it is, mm. um, that, uh, you know, she'll be brought back to life. And um, so you basically need to go and defeat bosses to get the ingredients to bake that dish. But um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, you got an alarm there, JB? Can you cook, queue up an alarm? Uh, I, I can. you gotta, you got to give me a sec, though. Uh, <laughs> fuck me. You could have told me ahead of time, mate. That's, uh... hey, buddy, no, that's right. Spoiler alert. No, I just thought you'd be on it, mate. Come on. Why are you on it? You didn't know what you were going to say. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not, not what you quite, wanted. Not quite, uh, we'll work on that. We'll workshop that. We'll workshop <laughs> that. Sorry. Okay. 
Sorry, that's mate. All right. Not bad. Not bad. That's, um, that's all you get at that so, short notice if you don't tell me ahead of time, mate. Okay. Uh, you know. I didn't realise I had to tell you that I was going to implement a spoiler alert and to have the alert function ready, JB. I just thought you were pow, pow on top of that. But anyway, um, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, the baker is a bad guy. So um, he's a real bad motherfucker and he wants you to bake this pie to take control of the astral plane and the souls in it. So you basically fight him at the end and it's, it's just amazing. Um, you know, I, I think... Uh, Having enjoyed the first game so much, I went into this one obviously knowing it was going to be really hard and the challenge was mm. definitely there. There were some levels where I felt like it was a little bit easier than some where I was getting quite close to the end of my first playthrough, but then mm. I found that to master it and actually beat the end um, was a lot harder. There was a lot of uh, a great sort of little surprises in there too. One of the bosses that I fought, um, you get right to the end and it tells you you've done a knockout and I kind of got really excited because I was like, yes, I did it. But and then another little dude pops out of the hat of this monster. He's like a snail and he's the last boss and he's like a snail with a Tommy gun in his hand and he's shooting you and like you've got to run around and try and get away from this snail and it caught me up by surprise completely and nailed me the first time I did it. But and then, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It just brings you so much joy to actually beat these levels it's just such a triumph because of how hard they are and how much dexterity and thought you have to put into completing them so i know i know a couple of weeks ago jb you gave um the ninja turtles a, a must play rating for from the dg crew and for the mm -hmm. discerning gamer so i've crunched the numbers and i wanted to give this uh this title or this dlc as a part of the title a must play that is too hot to handle my money don't jiggle jiggle I'd like to see you wiggle, wiggle, for sure. Nice. Yeah. Raved reviews. How, how <laughs> so everyone's dying to know, is the uh, the marriage is still good, Casey? What, what was Simon's stress levels like throughout the uh, the Simon, DLC? Was Simon he a bit better this, this time around? I went to bed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very, very wise move. It's my dad's no, a secret. No, he, he played, we probably played, oh, probably half an hour while I was up, but like, our kids got up and... <laughs> No, we're going to be bored of it after the six thousandth time you died. But no, then... it was pretty cool. Yeah, while I was playing, he was sitting there going, "Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear." Oh dear. Oh dear. Like, yeah, he kept dying. But then, yeah, I reckon two nights later, I was like, "Oh, how was your day at work?" He was, "Oh, good. Finished Cuphead last night." I was like, "Wait, nice. where we get the time to do that?" So had to do it. Yeah, marriage is good because I wasn't there. Well, smart. Cuphead, the delicious last course is. Too, too hot, hot to, handle. to handle. A must uh, play. Must play. Must play. Must That's awesome. Play it. That's awesome. You you gotta you gotta you gotta go to Jupiter's mate and play the delicious last <laughs> course, mate. Just sit brown with love. This Neil sees, mate. Yeah, she <laughs> would love it. All right. So uh, moving on, we we've got uh, something lined up for our uh, for our novelty segment this week. Uh, we're going to talk our favourite video game cutscenes, and wow, what a treasure trove of stuff we've got to uh, to dig through here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna open because Ferg and I have actually picked the same game uh, for, for one of our choices but different different cutscenes so i'm gonna let ferg go first so he can explain uh, the cutscene that he's uh, he's talking about in particular so what uh, what scene are we talking about here well when you when you talk video game cutscenes jb i mean there's there's bazillions and and i've picked a game a game that I played a lot of growing up, and it's got a, p a couple of highlights. But in general, 
I'm going to go with the OG StarCraft game of 1998 and basically all the cutscenes. So this game <laughs> came out in 98, I think it was. I would have been probably nine years old. Um, and I don't think I ever played StarCraft in person before I got it. And, I mean, a bit of a story with this one. So obviously I was on the, uh, you know... The school playground talking with my mates and i think a mate of mine actually picked this game up and he just every lunchtime recess was like mate i'm playing this game starcraft you got to pick it up now simon would be able to relate because we grew up in the sticks in the middle of nowhere in the country mm-hmm. and i grew up 30 mm-hmm. minutes north of the local town which was another 30 minutes north of basically the main shopping hub that you'd actually be able to get video games at so to go and get a video game wasn't as simple as just going down the street and buying one. You know, you might go to this, you know, this town once a month if you're lucky. So, when you wanted a game, you had to sweat on it for a long time. And and my parents, they went to Sydney for a holiday for a week, and it seemed like forever. But leading up to this trip, myself and my brother were just in their ear, like, "Oh, if you go, you got to pick up this this game, StarCraft." Like, yep. Mm. all right, we're going to be well-behaved, we're going to be the best kids, whatever, just StarCraft. And I remember they came back, and I'll never forget, <laughs> it was back in the day where PC games used to get in a box. It was like yeah, an A4, box. like A3 size box. Yeah. And I remember getting this StarCraft box after they got back from Sydney and just playing it in. And, and at nine years old, I was just absolutely blown away by this game. So, you know, when we're talking cutscenes, in general throughout this game were like incredible. they they all did an amazing job and left a huge impression of like highlighting the size and scope of outer space and just how insignificant you can feel in such a a huge area. So, Mm. you know, they always had different scenes of, you know, the main protagonist being in space doing different things. And yeah, they just did a great job of, you know, highlighting how small you can actually be. But then at the other thing as well was just highlighting how scary and fearful these aliens were that you're you're fighting against but two particular highlights i mean the intro to that game the original starcraft is incredible so it basically just follows the cry and i haven't gone back and played starcraft in years so i can't really remember the characters and what they were doing but Mm. i always remember the intro was you know a group a crew they're basically flying around in space they come across a you know the remains of a floating spaceship and they they're out there exploring it and then out of nowhere this huge zerg mothership just comes through and it basically just laser ble- beams their ship to absolutely nothing and that sets the stage for the game and mm. that was awesome and probably the other one as well um which always stuck with me and i'm and i'm 100 percent sure it's in a starcraft's cutscene. i couldn't find it but there's a scene where a ship blows up and they show a floating arm through through space which is holding a cigarette and <laughs> at nine years old nine ten years old i was just absolutely floored by just this game and the cutscenes and just Sort of, I suppose this was gory stuff at that. And this is, you got to remind yourself as well, this is late 90s. This is before internet and YouTube and out in the country had three TV channels. So some of this stuff was just, you know, <laughs> you just didn't media and so- storytelling I'd never seen before. And that it always stuck with me. So as soon as you said, you know, what cutscenes, StarCraft is one that's always, yeah, always amazing and always sticks with me because, yeah, at a young age, great game, great cutscenes and. Yeah, fantastic. It's one thing that has always been a massive strength of Blizzard. Um, you know, for for as far back as I can remember, 
their cutscenes have always been mm. phenomenal in every game that they've put out from the Diablo series to StarCraft to Warcraft, you, you name it. They 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 just have a knack of knocking mm. it out the park. They're, they're some of the most cinematic quality cutscenes yeah, you're going to see in anything. And one of the one of the cutscenes that that I had had chosen to talk about as well is also from StarCraft. And uh, I don't know what the the name of the the cutscene is in particular, but it it depicts the betrayal of Sarah Kerrigan, who's a character in the game. And I'm going to come. Uh, <laughs> so to to set the stage, uh, they're 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 currently sort of uh, evacuating this this planet called Tarsonis. It's being overrun by the Zerg, who are this sort of, um, this alien force that are, they're just like sort of like oversized bugs, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. And they just swarm and, and you just like, you just get swamped by them. So she's there, she's requesting evacuation because she's about to be overrun by the Zerg. Uh, but instead of helping her, the leader of the human forces, a, a guy by the name of Arcturus Mensk, uh, instructs all the human forces to leave and abandon her to her fate. This ultimately leads to her capture by the Zerg and uh, subsequent enslavement slash infestation where yeah. she ends up becoming the Zerg queen. Yeah. So during the scene, she's uh, you just see her madly like shooting all these Zerg running towards her. She's got like a like a machine gun slash sniper rifle thing. She's just like mowing them all down, and uh, like she she gets the last one and then she's like pulling the trigger and it's the old uh, cinematic trope of oh, click, click and I'm yeah. out of bullets um, but then there's like a little bit of a calm section where she thinks she might be in, might be in the clear and you know there's not too much going on and then she's got these special glasses that she puts on and like scans the horizon and there's just Zerg in mm. every direction all like running towards her like that she can't quite see yet but they're mm. just they're just coming over the horizon. And, um, you know, so she removes the glasses. She just drops the gun on the ground. And, uh, you know, she, she looks like she's starting to accept that this is going to be her fate. And she just sort of looks up at the sky and she's got this look on her face, which, you know, suggests that she realizes that she's been betrayed. Mm. And the camera just slowly pulls back from her as all these Zerg are just getting closer and closer. And then just as they're about to jump on top of her, the camera just cuts to black. Mm. And uh, so you don't see exactly what happens. But obviously for anyone who's played the the um, StarCraft series, they know that she, she gets captured and she becomes the, the Zerg queen. And, mm. and uh, yeah, she sort of becomes the human's uh, Achilles heel because she's... She knows all their secrets. And now she's uh, one of mm. the, one of the enemies. So, uh, Really, really cool uh, cutscene, but awesome. I I wouldn't be doing uh, my my duty if I didn't uh, also talk about one of my favourite cutscenes of all time, and this one is from the original Command and Conquer. Uh, back in the day, you know, Nod versus GDI, one of the 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 grand grandparents of real time strategy games. And in particular, this was uh, when you're playing through the Nod campaign. Uh, you you start the game and you're reporting to a, a commander, Seth, uh, who's just like a generic 
sort of bad dude that's giving you all the missions. Oh, you need to go here and wipe out this base and do this, that. And uh, anyway, you get to a point in the game and uh, Seth starts getting a bit too big for his boots. He starts uh, overstepping his authority. And, uh, well, here is what happens. Well done. You are truly becoming Kane's favourite. How would you like to ensure your place in the highest echelons of Nod? Surely you are ambitious enough to take on a mission of tremendous magnitude. Your goal is so secret, even Kane knows nothing of it yet. You see, power shifts quickly in the Brotherhood. There's a little pause while he sort of looks around suspiciously. I've taken the liberty of dispatching your troops to the US. Kane has been loath to attack America, but I feel that it's time and that you're the one to do it. This is the Pentagon. A full frontal attack with your strongest forces should render their military center of operation. And that's Seth uh, <laughs> getting shot through the head. Yes. Power shifts more quickly than some people think. And that's the sound of his lifeless body being pushed off the chair. When I get your troops back from the States, I want you to take what men you have left and secure this abandoned GDI base. Once in, Build up an arsenal of weapons and use them to wipe out the remaining GDI presence. Oh, and congratulations on your promotion. <laughs> he says as he looks at the lifeless body of Seth on the on the floor. What a fantastic cutscene! Like like you, Ferg. When that came out, I I must have been only nine or ten yeah. as well, and I'm watching that and like me and my buddy that were playing it at the time we were just like sitting there mouths wide open just un just absolutely yeah. in awe of what we just seen you know this, this bloke just getting his head shot off by uh by kane that was that you heard in the last uh, section of that cutscene. just what a cracker yeah fantastic so many in those games as well oh mate you know command and conquer westwood studios as they were known back in the day amazing Amazing games. The nerve to take on Kane. I mean, that guy. He's oh. got a goatee you can set the time to. He's a bad man. He's a very bad man. <laughs> he's a very bad man. He's got uh, he's got a lot going on there with uh, you know uh, all the uh, Tiberium. And, That's it. Uh, just yeah. be, just before you go to Casey and Simon for their cutscene. Mm. Shout out to our parents, JB, for buying us. You know games back in the 90s that you know no no one's buying their kids those kind of games at, at our age <laughs> these days like and i got yeah i was pretty lucky starcrafts and your diablos and all the gta's when i was eight nine ten years old thanks mum and dad appreciate it yeah mum and dad this one's for you the ball's hardened <laughs> that's just a fucking weird thing to say <laughs> I thought it was supposed oh, to be the applause such a weird thing to come out with man like fucking wow, wow. oh my god alright so I guess uh, next we've got uh, Simon and oh this can only go fucking well <laughs> no, that's too late for that one. You've already brought up Ubisoft today. Um, so, <clears throat> um, look, uh, it's I'm no stranger to loving um, Zelda games and Zelda game cutscenes. Um, it's kind of I already touched base last week on one of my favourite ones. Um, for for those of you that that didn't catch it, it was that um, Ganondorf dying in um, Twilight Princess is one of my favourite of all time in any game uh, cutscenes. Just the the way that that's pieced together and 
and how uh, after he does die, he's standing there in the empty field and it's complete and utter silence and they're just kind of looking at him like this powerhouse. Just He's so defiant that he won't even fall down in death. It's just, ah, oh, so good. But um, I, I wanted to really talk about today another one of my favourites being um, uh, from Majora's Mask. Um, I think this game is probably, I, I, I think it's, Gained a bigger following now than it did um, when it first came out. I think it it um, is definitely one of my favourite Zelda experiences, but it really is that way because of all of the great side quests that are involved and how much is involved in those side quests. So when you complete one of the most sort of ambitious ones of the game, um, which is to obtain the lover's mask, um, it's a story about uh, a girl, Anju, and a boy... Uh, cafe but i mean well she's grown up so a woman and a man cafe who um who basically they're in love and cafe has a a a curse that's laid upon him that turns him into a child and he's so upset about it because he's meant to be getting married to anju that he disappears and so she's constantly looking for him and um one day you meet him and you get a mask that is his to to basically go and act as a you know, a, a messenger between Cafe and Anju as Link. And um, then you uh, do a whole bunch of really convoluted stuff that spans the whole three days because it's got that three-day cycle. At the very end of it, the whole world blows up. And I just remember when I first played through it on the 3DS and I was, I was going through doing this mission, because it's such a hard and long-winded mission, you care so much about it. And um, there's so many different parts to it and things that you need to achieve. And obviously, to, to really to make the most of the game, you need to collect all the masks. So it's something that you really want to do. But it was my favorite um, side quest of the game because, you know, when you, you get to this point where you are seeing the characters actually dealing with the fact that they know that the world's coming to an end. And it's really bleak. Um, but the, the best part is this cutscene where you get Cafe and Andrew together and she sees him as a child and it doesn't even, she doesn't even think to the fact that he's a child. She just sees the person that she loves and um, oh. he comes into the room and she this, gives this, him a big hug. This is and- like a... <laughs> <laughs> Pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> No, not even because it's a curse, JB. It was still an adult. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they all but, say. No, <laughs> but anyway, um, they get together and like they give each other a hug, and they both have two halves of a mask that they join together, which then makes the final mask that you get. And it's it's so sad um, and such a good cutscene because they are both talking about how the next day like we'll figure out how to fix this curse and the next day we're going to get married and blah 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 and you know when we can turn you back to who you are and all this kind of stuff and they're the only two people in the game that it hasn't even crossed their minds the fact that everything is coming to an end um, because they just don't want it to yet and I think that's what is so powerful about it you're standing in this room in the very last few moments of the final day and you you don't want it to end so you just you're you're really torn between just making the decision to use your ocarina and go back in time or to just sit there and kind of let it finish and let everything go 
to shit because you just don't want them to lose what mm. they've got. And so I think that's it's such a powerful scene. And when you use that ocarina and you go back to the first day, it's all the more cutting. Like you mm. just feel like you you've lost so much because it's such a hard mission to to pass. But mm. um, for for anyone that hasn't experienced that, you got to go through. You just got to play Majora's Mask. What a game! Well, Majora's Mask. <laughs> this one's for you. Why not? How good's how good's that storytelling though? Like, unbelievable, oh, unbelievable. They, to, they've to, always been excellent storytellers. Yeah, uh, in those games in particular, they're bloody mm. fantastic. Mm. Well, uh, that that just leaves uh, C Mac. What have you, what have you got for us? What's your <laughs> what's your favourite uh, cutscene of all time? Tell us. Gosh, going after that, <laughs> mine's not as uh, poignant. There's, you know, there's so many. I couldn't really think last minute of a cutscene. I was thinking, you know, the opening scene of Last of Us is always quite a emotional, mm, incredible great. scene as well. But I've got a memory of a goldfish, honestly. I, I said to Simon, the only cutscene I could remember was... <laughs> I played, what, an hour of Assassin's Creed Valhalla the other day, and I was like, that's all I can remember because I can only remember what I played in the past week. But mm. I had a little <laughs> bit of a think in my memory <laughs> bank. And um, I don't know, I, I, a scene that has stood out to me, I don't know if it's my favourite, but it stood out to me was Uncharted to Among Thieves. Yeah. Among Thieves. Wow. And all it is, at the very, very beginning of the, of the game, he wakes up. Nathan Drake, wait, I've got his name. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm thinking of, and I was also looking at the scene from Bioshock Infinite as well. I was going to talk about that, but mm. it was just so convoluted. I couldn't even, like, go through it with you guys because I don't <laughs> I don't remember it all. So I want to say Booker DeWitt. No, Nathan Drake. And he wakes up on, and he, he he's strapped in to a seat and he's on a train, but it's fallen apart and everything and he's bleeding and he's like what's going on and he sort of unbuckles his um his seatbelt on the train why, why is he wearing a seatbelt yeah because there's a little like there's a little clip on it yeah okay, yeah similar off. to like a, a, a airplane yeah. seatbelt yeah. and he just falls like completely falls down yeah and he grabs onto the bottom and it pans out and he's in this sort of winter snowland and he's hanging off a cliff and he's in a train that has snapped in the middle and it's hanging on by a thread <laughs> and i was like this is incredible this is amazing mm. and then yeah you just it's sort of a scene where you have you, you play within the scene so you're trying to climb and grip back and it's just funny because when he does fit he falls down and he's hanging by one hand he just goes oh crap <laughs> he's <laughs> laughing and i just think that's hilarious, and that's my very not very poignant. That, that's how the game scene. starts, isn't it? Is the very beginning, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it goes back into flashbacks about I how think the whole game there. is how did he get to that point? Yeah. Oh, not really. I think it's sort of the middle the of the game, sort of, of the game, sort of the game. First least, half of yeah. the game had, and yeah, I just remember getting to that point in the game. So you work your way through how did he get to that point, and be like, ah, that's how he got in the train, mm. and that's what happened. So yeah, it was it excellent, excellent start to a game. I find it interesting that the two games that you mentioned in that, uh, The Last of Us and Uncharted 2, are both Naughty Dog titles. Yeah. So would you say that yep. there's something about the, the Naughty Dog formula, their, their particular method of storytelling that really speaks to you 
personally? Probably, yeah. I, mm. I Probably, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't remember much. <laughs> Do you know the first game I remembered when you said about this novelty segment I, I was in God of War? <laughs> All I could remember was I said, oh, I like that scene where Kratos is fighting that really powerful guy. Like I yeah. <laughs> and it's the, uh, that was the scene I wanted to talk about, but I couldn't remember it enough. It's that guy that's almost like yeah, invincible and you're going through like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, that's right. And you're going through um, roofs and he pushes up against a rock, but that's not very interesting to listen to me just say, oh, yeah, I think he fought that hard guy. So, yeah. <laughs> but, <you laughs> I wanted know, something a bit more specific. I will say that that scene is phenomenal as well and it sort of... It, Isn't it? It's continuously cutting between... A cutscene and actual Gameplay. combat, where you're where you're actively sort of participating in beating yeah. the living shit out of this guy, uh, only to have him, you know, just sort of miraculously heal and come straight back at you. Healing, uh, and that was the first game. That's the first scene that came to my mind when you mentioned this segment. And but yeah, like I, I, I can't give you enough detail to make it. <laughs> exciting to listen to so god, god of war's full of those moments though isn't it you nah know, that like, moment that's that, all that i can remember amazing. from the game isn't that yeah, terrible <laughs> you know like even um even when you look at sort of during the game midway through the game and that you meet the world serpent and just that part of the game yeah, oh, yeah. the scope is just absolutely wild and i mean I don't know if you guys know this, but you can actually play through God of War from start to finish, and there's no poor screens, there's no blackouts. It's just, it's it's just one long piece, so you can actually play it the whole way through without having to load screen, you know, without having to go through a load screen. So it's like one take. It's absolutely phenomenal. I think that's just uh, just get ninth of November. Oh, fuck I me. I just remember. You know the the scene where sort of Atreus falls ill and he's he's got to take him back to to Freya to get to to get her to to you know sort of help him and like oh, yes you know just uh, you could just feel the emotion radiating off the screen more so than I've ever seen in any video game before mm. like just the way that mm. the way that um, Santa Monica put that game together and like made the player feel what Kratos was feeling was just phenomenal. And, and yeah. you know, it speaks to the fact that it, it scored a 94 on Metacritic and it's highly likely that uh, Ragnarok will be right up there as well. Are we, have we got any predictions for what we reckon Ragnarok will uh, uh, pull on Metacritic? Mm. It's a great it's a question. Yeah, it's a sequel. I feel like being a Nine, sequel, it's yeah. going to get like a... a and 86 mm. because See, people have got too higher expectations yeah. and they're going to be very harsh on it. You say yes. it's a sequel, but it's the ninth game in the God of War series. Mm. So, yeah, but this, I mean, you've, you've got to admit that God of War is a it's a reboot of the whole franchise. It's a completely different formula to the original game. So I, I feel like saying that it is a sequel is a, is a I still think that's a valid point. It's considering a, it's, it's a, a completely to... different formula. It's a sequel to God of War 2018. Yeah, the, you know, yeah that, for sure. And, and yeah. that story, but... I, I think it's going to go quite well. Um, I think, you know, given that we just made the same point, I hope that people will go in, being the critics that will give the, um, you know, their reviews will go in, giving it a clean slate and treating it as its own standalone game and ignoring anything that's come before it. But it's, it's always yeah. hard because... 
yeah, who knows? Uh, if they don't do anything different, if they produce a similar game as good as God of War was, are they going to lose marks because they haven't been, you know, any innovation there? It's really hard to know what they what they do with this one, but I, I reckon it'll get. I reckon they'll get over ninety again. Is my hot tip. So. What do you reckon, JB? Well, yeah, I I reckon at least ninety, but uh, I'm going to predict ninety five. Um, I reckon this this game is going to be phenomenal. Nice, because I think um, you know Santa Monica did did such a brilliant job making 2018, and uh, the the guy who's who's directing this one has worked on every single one of the God of War games all the way back to the beginning, like 2002 or mm. 2004 or whenever it was. Um, so even though Corey Barlog isn't directing this one so he directed 2018 he's still a producer um and i i just think they're gonna they're gonna knock it knock out, of, it the out park. of the park um and any any of the the small criticisms that people may have had for mm. uh uh 2018 i reckon they'll they'll iron them out yep fantastic <laughs> well on that time, note, time for bed. You're putting yourself to sleep, JB. Oh, mate. <laughs> Not at all. Well, that's about all the time we've got time for on uh, on on the Discerning Gamer podcast, uh, as it's becoming immediately obvious that it's uh, time for me to uh, hit the old sack, uh, as as they say. Uh, with no dick, <laughs> no balls. <laughs> Probably no butthole since this guy feeds on radiation. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, all of the DG crew, starting with uh, Fergus, Fergamon Hamilton. Thank you, Fergus. Thank you, JB Fury. Always a pleasure, mate. And thank you, C Mac Casey, C Mac McLaughlin. Thanks, Joe. And last but not least, the gaming chef. The Earl of uh, Emotional... But if you close your Emotional balance, emotional balance. Simon yeah. Steely McLaughlin. Thanks, Steely. Thank you so much every time for having me still on the show, JB. <laughs> it's very pleasurable in my mouth. The ball's hardy. <laughs> and if you want to get in touch with The Discerning Gamer, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter... You can email us. You can do all of that. Uh, just uh, check out the uh, the notes on the uh, podcast and you'll find where to find us. And we'll see you next week. See ya. See you later. Molera. Molera. Molare. Quandela. Escandalo. Yeah. Escandalo. Escandalo. <laughs>